Hi, I'm Shatracia Stone, and I am going Outside the Law. This is Outside the Law with your hosts, Vince Taunina and Ryan Krupp. Welcome to the Outside the Law podcast. My name is Ryan Krupp, and I'm your host, and I'm joined with my other host, Vince Taramina and Angela Porcelli, and we have our guest, Shatracia Stone, with us today, and Shatracia is the one and only Shatracia Stone. There is no other in the entire world. Isn't that right? That is correct. I find that hard to believe. It's as- You could Google me right now. Yeah. Also, personality-wise, I'm like one in a million. Just saying. Well, there one, it is. one in seven billion. <laughs> one in seven billion. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're not one in a million. Right? That's a little too, yeah. No, no, yeah. We weren't going to have you on if we thought you were going to be boring in the first place, but by the same token, we brought you on as a professional to our professional podcast, and I think we can say for certain that you don't know what you're in for, or you didn't know what you were in for before you got here. Listen, you know me, I feel like you know me professionally and you've gotten to know me a little bit personally. So I'm going to turn that around and say, you really don't know what you're in for. I don't think any of us know what we're in for. (laughs) This is such a weird thing, I feel like, a podcast. Well, yeah, I I think that the weird thing about it is that now you can see us, which, which it's fine for me, but we have to be on Vince's good side. We learned that the hard way. That's true. Because we we had when you know when we we all sat here which you didn't know but we all sat here and we're like tossing it around by the, by the first time we did this Vince is like you know what I need to get on my good side and I so was sitting where you were right oh yeah. and that's God. not a good side for him no. according to him no, I think he's pretty in every angle <laughs> no. but uh, no. he doesn't like when I say that no, thank see you, and though. being the only girl that was here when we did did this the first time I was the one that had to switch so we had to do his good side not necessarily my good side which, well are you okay anything with that? to accommodate you yeah thank you very much right yeah. Much. yeah yeah now we're not going to talk about me wondering whether I should wear makeup or not because, yeah no no and now I'm sweating though so maybe I should put on some makeup I think that acts as the makeup in fact i think that's yeah it's kind of like your glisten you know what i mean i feel like this morning vince is like how what excuse do i use to say i need makeup (laughs) (laughs) right yeah he's like i need to bring this up and and it's 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 like that that super you know when people are like oh man lawyers Mm -hmm. they're probably full of themselves and you know it used to be the the super italian influence versus me we're like oh man we got Taramina and Porcelli and Krupp, yeah. and now we just have lawyer, 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 non-lawyer. So I feel like now we're attacking Angela. Like <laughs> I, we, I can take it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to get triggered here. Well, yeah, okay. Right. Right. I'm Italian. You did say so. Yeah, bring it. The hands are going to be flying. I noticed some <laughs> hand signals from Vince earlier. What were those? Hand signals. They were like, I don't know any Italian recipes. Oh. You know, uh, there's no Italian <laughs> oh. recipes coming over from my family. Okay, you mean I use my hands a lot. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, 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 I do. I do. That's my that's one of my flaws. Is I that guess. a thing? Is it a flaw? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. very emotive, expressive, you know, people who just like to use our hands a lot. Well wonder. then I might be part Italian. You, <laughs> might be part Italian. you <laughs> never know. Yeah. You never know. Well big character trait. Yeah, I will say uh one thing that you you don't know about Vince is you have a you have a specific uh, a, I guess I would say trait, but in law school you were voted most likely to what was it? What? Oh, oh you don't remember? No, what was well, it? I, I was voted most remind likely. Me. I was voted me. most likely to be on a billboard, and somebody yeah. contacted me when they saw that this was going on, and they're like, yeah. "See, I told you." Yeah. And I said, "This is not a billboard, technically." Yeah. But I, I yes. get the concept because, yeah. yeah, okay, I like my face being everywhere. Yeah. But, but. I think like yours was most likely to go back to one L year because you think the girls are pretty like you want to talk to the one L girls. I don't know if that's true. I uh, I don't know. We can't say for certain if that's what I got. Uh, I I think I do you remember this at the executive board meeting? I absolutely remember you saying that. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was more like. So I heard that, mm-hmm. but then in my head, I was like, it's more like he's going to go back to be admired. Oh, yeah. that's a nice spin girl. on it. I like yeah, that. People admire me all the time see, for see both my beauty and my brain. <laughs> my God, look at that. And that's why that. I go back to one out here and just show people, hey, this is what a beautiful person looks like. Before they were corrupted. a successful person looks like. Yeah, oh exactly. Now, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Thank you, Shay, for... <laughs> For clarifying that for Anytime. Ryan, I think he was a little confused yeah. about what that. I, I like that we have a positive spin on Vince here because yeah. we always have this banter between each other that is like you know, oh Vince is you know the, the, you know people show up. We 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 spend the time on the executive board of the Young Lawyers Division. Stracia is the president of the Young Lawyers Division, so that's your pre-intro, and we'll talk more about that. But Vince and I are on it, and every time we go to the board meeting. If one of us shows up without the other, the other one says, says oh, uh, where's Vince? Yeah. And I'm like, he's yeah. not my boyfriend. I don't yeah. know. I don't live with him. Yeah. I mean, we definitely joke that you have a, a whole bromance going on. Yeah. Well, look at this. Yeah, this is, We're I on think a this freaking kind of, podcast yeah. together. I don't know. <laughs> if you don't what have a bromance with the person yeah. you're on a podcast with, yeah. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. I did mention last time you guys need a couple names. A couple names? Mm-hmm. You do. Brian. Brian. Is that no. good? Is that a good couple? No. Do you get if we have to incorporate Angela into that, it's going to be very confusing for everybody. Yeah, we're not yeah. Even try that. I don't no, that, sorry, that's Angela. Really rough. No, that's why it's a bromance couple. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, you know. There to make sure that everybody's not sick of us being lawyers and talking about boring legal stuff. Keep you guys grounded. Let's talk about what we do because this is our first show that we're at least recording. Whether right. it airs first, I don't really know. Okay. But, you know, let's talk about what we do. So I'm a lawyer, personal injury attorney, you know, work for the Cagle Law Firm if you ever need anything. If you get hurt, just give me a call. Right. Uh, you know, that's his plug. That's my plug Shameless. for the day. Um, you know, I'm 26, out of law school a year. It's just what I do. And, you know, it's kind of fun now being a lawyer. Angela here needs to introduce herself, probably. Yeah, I'm 26 as well. Not a lawyer. My only legal plug is I did take the LSAT. So I have that going for That's me. You. Future, um, future lawyer. Future lawyer. Future I do lawyer. want to. And yeah. um, I might have to talk to you when you said you did part-time because, yeah. girl, I'm going to need some advice on that one if I, <laughs> I do it. Uh, but right now I'm a regional marketing director and I get a 
travel a lot for my job, which is super fun. And then my fun side job is I am a St. Louis Blues ice girl. What so, does that mean? That's awesome. Um, I get to be at almost every game when mm -hmm. I'm working. And we are basically the um, NFL has cheerleaders. The NHL has ice girls. Mm -hmm. So we get to clean the ice during the games. We do different fan community engagements during the games, outside of the games. Mm -hmm. And just kind of be a face of the St. Louis Blues mm -hmm. and represent the organization. And it's a blast. So, well, they don't they don't let me do that gig. He's, he's tried every yeah. year. Well, we we talked about <laughs> her your her ability to ice skate earlier, and at first you couldn't skate backwards, which we mm -hmm. we picked on you a little bit for that, just a little. Yeah. But eventually, you kind of got the 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 stroke down. How did you get that? How did you finally figure out how to skate backwards? I really don't know. I just started like I just turned my body around and started moving my feet like shuffle way. And did you then, not have instruction or anything? Not initially, uh, no. So, but you did eventually get that. Eventually, they were like, okay, you should do like this like technique, this form, instead of just like shuffling your feet, hoping you go backwards. So, Can men do this? Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of fun if we got an episode where either Ryan or I go through the tryout process. We could call it making it. the team. Yeah. Right. And talk about <laughs> what that experience is like for us yeah. trying to go and become a blues girl. Right. I think it'd be kind of fun. And that's absolutely going... All the way outside the law. That is, that is, that, <laughs> and now you've actually brought the name into it. And well, I'm circle is back. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for bringing us back. I try. And so just like Vince, I also do personal injury law. So I have to give him even more banter because we don't work for the same law firm, but somehow we get along. I know Shatracia because we're on the young lawyers division together, which I'm going to talk to you about a little bit, but we'll bounce it off. When we were first together, you know that Vince has kind of a Kentucky accent, which, in, yeah, you kind of, I saw the eye roll. <laughs> and the eye roll, if you can hear us and you're just listening, you can't see how aggressive the eye roll was. But if you were next to me, you could see, whoa, it was like a super eye roll. I mean, her eyes rolled so back, back so far. This is because... Vince has an advantage, I feel like, that he does yeah. not work for. Yep. He just was born into it. <laughs> right. But that, that accent gives him this southern charm illusion. Yeah, which is an illusion because... We, <laughs> <laughs> right. Because what, yeah. you, what most people don't know unless you ask him is we grew up about a block away from each other yeah. in Chesterfield, Missouri. <laughs> Like right. in St. Louis. Yeah. And we went to high schools which were not far away from each other. And and Angela, I mean, we kind of we did actually grow up together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've we're all in the same neighborhood, and neither of us have a Kentucky accent. No, so I, I feel like I'm getting attacked over here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bring up my, my my I mean prestigious award that my law school class <laughs> awarded me at the end of graduation for being admired by one else, and then you bring up my Kentucky accent, which isn't that thick. But I'll tell you what, though. So I did move here when I was nine. I did move here when I was nine from Kentucky. Lived here, did all that sort of stuff, went back to law school there. So, yeah, I guess that's maybe where it comes from. But it is pretty soothing. It is pretty nice. And it is pretty sexy. Well, oh yes, if he does say so himself. Yeah. And I, I will say we did meet in the South. So when you came up with that southern accent, I yeah. was like, oh, he must be from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Because we yeah. met in yeah, Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah. for a trial competition in law school. Yeah. And, you know, he comes in with this southern accent. And, he, and he's at Kentucky University. And I'm and, wearing my boots, too. Right, probably. which you're As wearing I now. now yeah. which they're so nice looking. Ostrich skin <laughs> yeah. boots, yeah. which uh, I don't know if you, like, who kills trendy. the ostrich to, 
to do that. <laughs> Somebody has to. Somebody I don't think they grow ostrich. Yeah. yeah, they had to wrestle an ostrich and bring it down and try to skin it. Which you know, I mean, that's kind of yeah. really graphic. As far as I know, there's yeah, not an ostrich farm. Our vegan fans are not going to be happy with us because they're going to be envisioning some <laughs> person. Have, do you think we have vegan fans? You have all kinds of fans. This really? is this is outside the law with lawyers. Where's, so this, yeah. where's this going? Everywhere. Every, oh, Think yeah. big. Oh, really? Yeah. This is going everywhere. He just said it? he's yeah. going to be on the billboard. Yeah. Someday. Not yeah. just in St. Louis. Okay. Let's just mm-hmm. let's just grow this here. Let's yeah. It right here, here, right now. This is like we're sowing the seed. Exactly. We're sowing the seed. We got to till it. We got to water it. Exactly. Gotta, yeah. You got to be known for something say? if you're going to do personal injury law. You're either going to have an eye patch. You gotta have some ostrich skin boots, or you gotta have orange hair. Yeah, that'll work. They can't see the southern accent on a billboard. No, that's true. Which can, is, yeah, they can see the beautiful face. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. They see that little stuff. twinkle in right. his eye. You're <laughs> sitting right next to Angela, yeah. and she's just like, uh, "Excuse me, I actually have a job for like having the look and the thing." Yeah. And you're that's part you of are the job description, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you're over here just like just a former pageant girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. over here like, you're about to just like sweep her off the sweating. stage with your you know enormous head. Yeah. But hey, yeah. it is his good side. It so, is his good, yeah. good side. The camera is getting the best of him right now. It, it really is. It really is. My hair <laughs> parts on this side looks fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you look pretty. Yeah. Uh, we always for a podcast, for a, by the way, which right, is good. Right. Podcast. Yeah. I, you you don't yeah. know. This is my my last dig at Vince for the time being but yeah. what you don't know is I showed all our all our stuff to a couple people you know and I ran it by one of my friends and we have an intro which you know if you if you watch the podcast you saw the intro if you're listening then yeah go watch it because it's cool but you know my friend watched it and he goes man you know what Vince just really has the face for a podcast and I was like, uh, <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah, I agree with you. He's the highest face behind uh, the microphone. I think he just meant you Please? should make yeah. sure that you're on the other side of the table. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, I don't know. I think he was actually trying to say I you do look have like a voice. You. Yeah. I've got yeah. a nice voice for a podcast. Yeah. Soothing. I think we could maybe do a kid's like nighttime story read maybe and help kids fall asleep or just adults. I think there's, a, there's, there's an acronym for that. For that. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to bring There's it up here. There's that? an acronym for that. <laughs> Angela knows what I'm talking about. Angela knows. I got I'm not it. even going to yeah. ask what that yeah, acronym not, might be. Don't. We, we'll we promise not to show. bring up any Dirk Diggler references in this uh, thing, but it's yep. you, you can pretty much frame them together. Really? Yeah. It, she knows. We'll ask yeah. after the podcast. Is <laughs> yeah. Right. I think I that might be inappropriate. I want to know this. No. Listening and viewing, probably? yeah. And Shatracia Stone is the president of the Young Lawyers Division, which is su- it's you know she's super professional, and we don't want to bring up any weird things with our guest here. Oh, now I'm gonna have to watch my mouth. We don't. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't want you to. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I will say, each of us went around. We always know we went to high school in the in West County area, and so Vince he went to Chaminade, and he was a theater person, right? I, yeah, I acted. Yeah. Uh, of course you did, Vince. Yeah. I played Prospero oh in The Tempest. Now my charms are all over thrown. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. He, uh, oh, boy. He played both the male and female parts, uh, the it romantic was, scenes. It, it, we went all the way back to actual Shakespeare times where yeah. they had Romeo and Juliet was two dudes kissing. Oh, it was pretty That's Chaminade. Yeah, which is... Yeah. It's, it, it's all it's, boys' school. So, right. I mean, we had no yeah. choice but to do the really traditional Shakespeare <laughs> right. role. Right, which you didn't... Yeah. You didn't, you didn't 
it's it's cool. You just don't see it coming. You know what right. I mean? It's like boom. That is theater. That it was, is it was it was respectful. Art. It was respectful. Yeah, it was very respectful and sexy too. Right. You know, we had you know guys in, in wigs and and makeup as well, and it was not like a drag show. It was just so you thought that was a female, some young prepubescent boy playing. It was pretty <laughs> pretty interesting. <laughs> I get yeah. it. I, get I told it. you he. I told you he thought about this makeup thing earlier. I know. And yeah. That's where it came from. It's yeah, still twenty nineteen, guys. Get over it. Okay, come on. <laughs> right. get, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and Angela and I went to Marquette High School, so we have that Mustang pride thing going on. Yep. We grew up in the same neighborhood. For a long time, we talked about who's dating who. Um, and uh, things have really changed, I think. Yeah. I think have they really changed? They have really changed. Mm-hmm. You should see me with my coconut haircut when I was, uh, it was like, you know, coconut head from Ned's Declassified oh, School no. Survival Guide? No. You know what I'm talking about. No, I what is that? You've never seen Ned's Declassified School no. Survival Guide? What Angela. Oh, knows. man. Yeah. You've seen Which coconut I, mean, I saw it in real life. So. Yeah, exactly. Because it was me. <laughs> exactly. What's coconut head? It's like this guy, he's got a, he's got a bull cut. You know, it's like, it looks like half a coconut. And Wait they call minute. him coconut head. You had a red-headed coconut head. Oh, man. For sure. It was <laughs> not a pretty all the, all the hair, all the shaggy hair. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's 2004. Bring your shaggy hair to the table. Yep. The chicks dig it. Okay, I'm not going to ask Ryan because he's biased, especially that last line. Angela. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was the, Were the chicks digging it? Was he popular? Mm, mm. <laughs> That's it. You don't have to answer that question. Ooh, we dug got into hot me. In here. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> I like I to think that we have, a, we have both hit our glow ups. Oh, thank okay, you. Okay. Since That's nice... uh, that point in time. Mm-hmm. So the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What year for this? That's for? a good like, what, try. What grades were this? I'll have to bring I have, yeah. Yeah, I have pictures on Facebook still. I'm, I'm one of those people that kept their pictures from middle school on Facebook. So, oh yeah, just because people want to know. They want to know, like, who is this guy? Yeah. In, you know, in 2004, <laughs> when, you know, what was he looking for? Give the people what they want. Exactly. Exactly. They wow. want to see Ryan Krupp, who now is in a suit, but they want to see him, like, in coconut head, in an Abercrombie shirt, you know what I mean. We were talking okay. about your embarrassing. What's, what's Shay? What's your high school background? Oh, I know yeah. some embarrassing stuff that happened to you. Yeah, where'd you go to high school? high school? First yeah, of all, I have background. no idea what you guys are talking about with this Chaminade and this yeah. school. I am from the Boot Hill of Missouri. What county? Dunklin. Oh my God, yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, Neither it's like two hours from Memphis, yeah. Malden, Missouri. That's what it's called. Um, what is life like down there? What is it like growing up down in what is it called? I, Malden. Malden. It's the it's the best of both worlds. So yeah. for me, um, there's like four thousand people. The population, um, the town is separated by tracks. Literally, it's like white people live on one side, black people on the other side. On the um, across the tracks is a uh, like the business street. Literally, yeah. one street. Yeah, which is <laughs> the white side of town. Where, is that how yes. that worked out? Yeah, okay. Where all the businesses are. Um, my family lived, obviously, on the other side of town. But it was a good time. Yeah. Like, you, our activities in the summer were, we call it, I'm going walking. You, like, just walk the same streets. It's like that southern thing where everybody sees everybody and they wave. Everybody, yeah, I, Vince, you don't even know Vince this Vince knows person. about it. Vince knows about the southern thing in Chesterfield. Yeah, with in Central the, City, Kentucky. Yeah, right. I do know about that where I grew up. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah, like partially. you just you know throw your hand up like hello, and yeah. you don't even know. You may not know who that person is, but it's just the thing you do when you walk past somebody. It was a good time. How big is Malden? 
4,000 people. It's 4, really small. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So my graduating class is like 66 people, yeah. maybe. Goodness. Yeah. Um, seventh through 12th grade are okay. in one building. Yeah, I was curious. Tell us, what's, what, how, because Dunklin County is what, 10,000 people, maybe? Maybe. Is it about that? Yeah, Malden takes up probably about half of that. So how many people, what high schools you go to? What's it called? Because this is a St. Louis question. What, what high it school is. did you go to? I do want to know. Was Malden. Malden High. That, that <laughs> yes. makes sense because okay. it's the name of the town. Right. Yeah. Well, no, Should have yeah, seen that I mean, one coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Malden. It's like yeah. literally Malden, K through 12. You okay. Know. Oh, wow. So every, every grade was in the same school. No, 7 through 12 was in, in um, one building. Okay. So that's Malden. You got junior high, 7th right. and 8th grade, and high school is 9th through 12th. Right. But they're all in one building. Okay. And then you've got the middle school, which is like 4th through 6th. Are then, they on the same campus? Um, or different campuses? It's across the street. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to call that a different yeah. campus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then K through third, um, their buildings are side by side, but they're in two different buildings. Okay. K through third and, and fourth through sixth. But my mom was a fourth grade teacher, is a fourth grade teacher. So mm. for me, summers were a little different. You mm. got the option of stay in and clean the house from top to bottom mm -hmm. or go to summer school. Mm -hmm. So... You were at summer school. I was in summer yeah. school. Yeah. I'm yeah. not cleaning a thing. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Don't blame no, no, you. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so now we look at you and, you know, and, and Vince and I have been there. We're up at the top of the top floor of your downtown building at Baker Sergi. Mm -hmm. And we're overlooking the old courthouse in our executive board meeting, which you are leading because you're the president, uh -huh. you know, and we're talking about, you know, a woman from a small town, you know, who now also represents a non-traditional student, yes. you know, an African-American student, yes. which is a, we know, a clear m minority in law school. Yeah. And uh, we want to know how you got there. I will attribute everything to my parents, especially my dad. My dad can make a lesson out of everything. He can make a lesson out of playing a board game, mm. which was to my detriment. As a child, sure. <laughs> he's like beating you in Monopoly <laughs> repeatedly. You know, he's like, you gotta learn how to, you know, sell your properties, or you're gonna end up on the street. Exactly. So, here's the thing. This is why I call it the best of both worlds because you have this small town, but if your parents give you the right tools, you can take those tools, and it doesn't matter what background you came from, and it doesn't matter where you go from your hometown. You can either build a doghouse or you can build a dream house. It's your choice. You just take the tools that your parents gave you. So I think my parents gave me the tools to build whatever I needed to build. Mm -hmm. And um, I just took it from there. And I used what they gave me, even though I was rolling my eyes. Sure. At the time, they were mm -hmm. talking. Um, so really, I wanted to be a lawyer, like third grade, when we talked about careers and what people do. Um, what was why? Why? What was, the, what was it at third grade that made you say, okay, I'm going to to do this I want to do this so my teacher at the time she was explaining like lawyers they um I talked a lot yeah. like I got in trouble a lot for talking that was I, like on I'm, my I'm surprised about you saying that you talk a lot <laughs> based on our experiences together I, I could never have imagined right? that sort of statement because yeah. I'm so quiet yeah. right so um, she kind of was making a joke about like you should be a lawyer because you talk all the time and um, but there was a particular situation that I remember I remember this girl used to 
And, it, you know, obviously bullying is huge now. And it wasn't, I don't think it amounted to bullying. But she would always run at the mouth and make this other girl feel bad. And I was inserting myself. I later learned not to do that. But <laughs> at the time, I was inserting myself to make sure that didn't happen. Um, and if she went back to the teacher and told this innocent, I got picked on story, I was there to correct it and equalize it. So I think she saw that and was like, this is what lawyers do basically what you do now, I think you would be great at it. And really, I thought to myself, like, oh, that, that does sound like something I would want to do, right? But you're in third grade. What do you know? Right. The problem is, as I grew older and continued, uh, my favorite subject was just lunch. There, I wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at science. <laughs> right. And it, it just seemed to me like, okay, maybe this is, it just kind of... Um, came out to be like this is what I need to do and then in a small town like where I'm from I constantly saw minor situations um, and I think they're I don't want to diminish them they're not necessarily minor but I think most people would consider them to be minor um, but it was situations where this lady had two mentally disabled children she was being um, kicked out of her house and it was absolutely unfair and unjust, and I felt like I saw multiple incidents of um, that kind of um, situation where people just needed an advocate. They just needed someone with, you know, a degree or something to be able to say, no, I'm representing them and you can't do this. You're right. going to have to follow this, this rule. And I thought... Um, not to be corny, but I really did think be the change you want to see. Like nobody, I don't know who else is going to help these people. As I'm growing up, I'm seeing there's still no one. There's all, you know, old white men is what we see as lawyers in our hometown. So I got to do this. Well, I'll tell you what. So I was just down in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah. And I was in court um, on, what day was that? Monday, I think. I was sitting in there and I look around. There's all old white dudes. Yep. And even I, I'm 26 years old, right? White. The opposing counsel I've got is a woman, white woman. There's one black woman in there. There's a couple other white women, but there's probably 30 people in the room. And of those 30 people, probably 26 were either women or minority. And I sat there and I thought, this is kind of weird. Right? Even as a white guy, I'm like, this feels kind of weird in 2019 to have this as the way it was. And so I can imagine what Malden is like at that time. In Dunklin County, how many black folks are in Dunklin County or Malden? I mean, what's the population like? Down you there, know what? Knowledge? I think that, because um, a lot of people, when I say I'm from the Boo Hill, they're yeah. like, I didn't know there were black people down there. Yeah. I really believe that it's at least half. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not that much of a minority, and I, right. and I may be saying that because that's you know what I grew around, grew up around, and that's who I was around. But it it really is a a nice chunk. Of I do think it. I think there's probably some upland south kind of you know, farming folks who were up there obviously after yeah. you know the the civil rights stuff. So when you're talking about the injustices you saw growing mm -hmm. up, was it skewed? black, white, or was it just all around injustice in the community that you noticed growing um, up? So because it was just what I grew up around, yeah. I, I only saw black. Yeah. I only saw black people, and I saw, and of course, the, the very same black people were poor people. So they just, you know, sometimes it would take 
I don't know, $500 to get a lawyer to just write a letter or maybe a demand letter, something to show, like, this person is represented. And they they didn't have that. So um, it, it, it was constantly shown to me that this is needed and... Um, I also felt like we don't know what we don't know. And we don't have the tools. So somebody's got to go learn these tools and then go share it and come back and tell everybody, here's what you do in small claims. Here's what you do in this situation. Which in your method for doing that, as we explained over time, was you're, you went on the path to law school, but you didn't go through the traditional means, I would say. I mean, you know, like you look at Vince and I, we, we went to college we, were, we, we took the LSAT, we went straight to law school. Right. And you, you see a number of people that are 22, 23, straight out, go straight to law school. And then you have your non-traditional student, which I think you would have fallen into that, that sort of category. Yeah. And do you find that to be a challenge or, or how did that come about for you? Um, Honestly, I was going to go the traditional route. I had uh, graduated. So I went to SEMO, which is only an hour from my hometown. Um, and I, I I'm, admittedly, I was kind of lazy. I already had like half a, uh, an entire semester and half of another done in, in high school when I went to SEMO. So it took me three years to finish two, both of my bachelors at SEMO. And then I went through grad school Um, which was a two-year program, and then I went to St. Louis. And I just went to St. Louis to find a job while I applied to law school. So um, I was... I'm curious, before before that, Yeah. when was your first time to St. Louis growing up? Did you ever go? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I have a lot of... So that's another thing. Um, Even though I live here now, this has always been like, "Mm, it's just St. Louis, because I have a lot of family here. I have a lot of family in Chicago. my family is spread out. So, yeah. and my parents took us, you know, we traveled yeah. um, and we visited places. So it, it wasn't, a lot of people are like, how's it feel being in the big city? I'm like, uh, I'm yeah. well-traveled. Thanks. Right. Anyway. So it wasn't like you had big bulging guys like, oh my no. gosh, look at the arch, you know, your first no. time. You, know, you get off the train with bags and stuff. I'm in St. Louis. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. right. I made like it. That. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was like, yeah. all right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I talked to a friend of mine who, we, we have a mutual friend as well who, you know, he's from a rural town and to come to St. Louis is a tourist attraction. And it's so cool that, you know, him and his wife are in St. Louis. That's great. But what he didn't account for was when he moved to St. Louis, how many of his relatives were going to come up every weekend and, and be like, we need to see the arch. We need to see the zoo. So he's like, yeah, Saturday, can't do anything. Got to take more relatives to the zoo and the arch. Yeah. Which I, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I don't think about that. I haven't been to the, I haven't even been up in the arch. Yeah. Which... I always am like, yeah, I live here. I just don't go up in it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I was at SEMO at the time. Um, and this was sort of like a small vacation. Like um, like I would go to Chicago on a weekend now. This was like, oh, we'll go to St. Louis yeah. on a weekend. You know. So mm-hmm. we, did, we did go up the arch. And I didn't go to the zoo because... Animals and outside. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of, yeah. there are a lot of animals at yeah. the zoo and it is outside. Nah. I will agree. Yeah, yeah, it's not my style. But you now you can see, see the arch. Yeah. You can only see a monkey pooping its hands. Right. Exactly. So many times right. before it gets old. Right. You know, before and I'm you not, get, yeah. It does I don't think I have yeah. seen that at the You've zoo. You've never before. seen that? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, Mm-mm. you're not you're missing out. What's the weirdest thing you have seen at the zoo, Angela? 
I don't really know. I mean, just, they're just kind of like, you know, existing. You existing? Walk by, you never yeah. saw like turtles humping or something like that? No. That's like kind of a classic zoo Oh yeah, like this is this? yeah, like yeah, like uh, that's weird. You know, like you ever yeah. have like a yeah. classic? This is weird for the zoo thing. Yeah, yeah like zebras when they're in heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. male zebra, impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see these yeah. weird, and you're like. Ah, that's enough zoo for me today. You know well, what I mean? Well, especially because there's kids there. And you're like, run right. along now. What are they doing? <laughs> Mom? Nothing, Nothing to see here. here. Right. <laughs> Keep going. You're like, yeah. that's uh, they're just they're just wrestling. Right. <laughs> right. Now we're gonna transition back to serious stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're, that was a really stupid tangent. But and there was uh, one yeah. of the rabbit holes. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. All right. But no, no, no. That was my. That was from me. So what? So starting. Okay. So you get to St. Louis, a big city. Yep. yep. After having been here for a long time. Getting get to St. Louis, um, and what do you do then? What, what's your next step when you move up here? I found a job at SLU, St. Louis University, and uh, I was at the time, I'm not kidding you, I had three degrees, and this is what I found. Um, I was a secretary, an administrative assistant for the um, aviation research program, um, and I worked there for about a year, but the whole when I interviewed, I you know kind of let my boss know, future boss at the time, I'm not going to be here long. I'm applying to law school, you know, just so you know. So, if you hire me, this will be with the understanding that I will leave to go to school. And he was just like, "That's fine." It was a new program. Um, they had never had a secretary, let alone, you know, people in that program. So um, we were all kind of working together. Well, turns out um, they were getting their doctorate in aviation research or something like that. And so one of the guys pulled me aside and was like, why are you leaving? It's you're at St. Louis University and we have these benefits. And I was like, what benefits? And he was like, we're all getting our doctorate for free. SLU has this tuition remission program where they'll pay if you can find the time to go to school, they'll pay for it. You know, yeah. obviously you're taxed on it, um, but that's huge. So yeah. I was like, not for law school. Like, it's law school. Like, this is different. So I called the HR um, employees, and I spoke to a lot of people and was, like, making sure this was a thing. And um, I switched my application to part-time. And that's wow. I kind of happened into it. Yeah. Um, so once I found out that they would pay for it, I was like the – a financial benefit from that i'm i'm just gonna have to work that much harder which i'm used to um and i was an academic advisor at semo and then i didn't stay in that secretary position um after a year i moved to academic advising in the business school mm-hmm. and i'm highly meticulous and organized so i was used to creating curriculum programs to make sure students graduated on time so i just created my own and was yeah. like okay they the full-time pro- students have to do this program and they get through in three years i can map it out where i'll go year round and i get through in three years and one semester and that's what i did wow wow that's so impressive thank like, you <laughs> like i'm just over here like because like we talked about earlier i'd like to do that like eventually one day maybe and i know law school itself is not easy so is there any point in time when you're doing that and you're working and you're doing great at your job and you're doing law school and you're just like okay what am i doing to myself was there any time where you were like wow this is really difficult being yeah. part-time too you know what a lot of people ask me that and i literally i give the same answer every time when you are doing what you feel like you have to do or you need to do, you don't have time to look up and go, wow, I'm doing a ton. You're just doing it. Mm -hmm. So I 
um, compartmentalized and made sure I kind of stayed on track. So at the time I was engaged, um, I was with somebody. So I was like making sure that I maintained my relationship. I worked from nine to five at five o'clock. That's it. As an academic advisor, you can do that. Um, there's no homework or anything that you have to take home. And then at six o'clock is when I would start classes. Six to 10, I'm in class. I'm a student and that's it, you know? Um, How many nights a week? Um, classes were Monday through Thursday. Wow. So I basically was like eight to 10 o'clock, Monday through Thursday, balancing the two. And then on Friday, I would go to work and obviously I don't have class. So I made Friday like, that's my day. At Friday and then the weekdays after 10 o'clock, that, that was the rest of what I got. So, and, and the person that I was with at, with at, at the time. Um, so I kind of balanced that. And then on the weekends is when I would do, so Saturday and Sunday is when I would do all the reading. But I would have to do all the reading for the week yeah. and take, you know, meticulous notes. And I did that. I'm not going to lie. I did that the first semester and I literally got like uh, two B pluses and a B because in the part-time program, they don't let you take more than three classes for three semesters. And then you just have to like take as many as you can after that. Um, and I really felt like I was like, I worked really hard for all these Bs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I needed to do what that anymore. Right. I mean, exactly. So I got smart. And um, I did not spend eight hours on Saturday and Sunday each. Yeah. Um, I would go and get involved in organizations, get their outlines, look at what was important. Um, and the outlines helped me actually listen in class because this is the person who is creating the exam. So some of it, they're just talking. Some of it is actually important. So I, I had to learn how to focus in on what is the message here? What am I supposed to be getting so that I didn't spend all that time you know reading things that were not necessary for I just needed to pass man yeah I mean yeah. you you had such a time crunch too mm -hmm. so you had to make your time super valuable yeah and I mean I know that I had to go through that at the same time in law school and not in the same way you know they teach you here's how you brief a case here's how you you know read when you take notes this is how you this is basically how you do law school. And if you don't do it any other way, you're going to fail or you're yeah. not going to do well. Well, I followed their, their methods and I was bang average. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it wasn't until I realized how to make my time valuable and to do it the right way, not just to do it a lot. Don't just do a lot. Do a little bit right. Yeah. That I really got it. Exactly. And somebody else asked me, uh, you know, they were looking for advice on whether they should go to law school you know, what type of program, because they were also working full time. And I was like, look, if you can, you want to take this as serious as possible. If you want to be a lawyer, go get it done. Yeah. Not every, you know, not everybody has the same drive that you have. You have the, such an incredible drive Thank that you. I don't think anybody else I'd re even recommend. I'd be like, yeah, you know, <laughs> try to squeeze in briefing eight hours worth of cases into, you know, a couple hours on a Saturday and a Sunday. You're going to lose your Saturday and your Sunday. You're going to lose all your other days. I mean, you're out of time. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're squeezing it pretty tight. And that's, which I think is, first and foremost, the most impressive. And then you go to a leadership positions and leadership positions from that. You know what, though? 
Uh, I, I I get that it it seems like a daunting task, and I'm I was the youngest in my class. Like there were people, they, this was their second career. There were people that were paralegals for years. Everyone except for me, I think, had a family. Some people had kids. Somebody got divorced. Somebody got married. Um, all through law school. So I, it sounds like a lot. But for me, and I guess because I'm the one that went through it, I just don't really put that much to it um, because I feel like these people had to balance way more. They had to be there for their kids. I was able to just focus on me and my time and, you know, just what I needed to do and work around my schedule because after my second year, as a matter of fact, by the time my second year came around, um, I was single. So... I didn't really have to focus on anyone except for me. And the person that I was with was was with me and so supportive that first year. I didn't have to clean. I didn't have to cook. I didn't have to do anything. So I was really able to focus. So, I, I mean, I don't – and I, I'm not trying to take credit away from myself, but I know people who really had to go through a lot more and balance a lot more. Um, and they just, you do what you have to do, you know? I don't, I really don't know how they saw their kids and their family, but most of them are still together. How, yep. is, how is it set up when, when you do a, you know, when you're going part-time? Because obviously with us, you get four or five classes a semester, end of the semester, you have three weeks to study for the exam. That's the most important three weeks of the semester. You study for it, you go through that, it's fine. Second semester, same thing, off for the summer. Is it like a trimester thing in how does it work? You're going to just full time. Same thing. So okay. we have the same thing that you have. We yeah. have, um, we just can't take five classes. Okay. I mean, they literally, they schedule the classes for us your first three semesters and you only get to take three classes. But we, we have the same thing where we're going throughout the semester. There are no quizzes. There are no, you know, exams. Like it's just that one exam at the end of the semester, either you pass or you didn't. Um, and then for us, you have the option so the part-time program is really a four-year program. Yeah. And that's what they told me when I started. And I was like, mm, mm -hmm. I'm an academic advisor. I know that things can be worked. So for me, um, I saw that and just decided how I was going to change my program. But yeah. some people were like, oh, I'm going to do the four-year. And some people were like, oh, I'm going to do the five-year. I'm going to continue to take three There's classes. There's a five-year plan. Yes. Okay. No, and you can't that. go past that because yeah, okay. if you do, you have to retake some of the classes that you took your first semester. So um, some people didn't go any summers um, and they continued to take three classes. Well, I felt like if I'm already taking nine hours, by the time this fourth semester rolls around, I got a pretty good handle on it. Why can I not add two more hours to that? Yeah. And then take... The max to take in the summer was six, but again, I was an academic advisor, so I knew I could squeeze a seventh in there if my grades, if your grades are good enough, they'll, right. they'll allow you to take seven. Right. So I found that language somewhere on the, on the yeah. website, yeah. and so I got in sort of like a, um, like a, it wasn't a TA, it was a research position that was like one credit, sure. um, and then took six hours in the summer, and then after that, the, less, the next two summers, I took seven hours. Wow. So wow. 11 for the rest of the semester so and seven in the summer. When was your final graduation date? When did you, like, was it December then of what yeah. year? So I graduated December 2015. Okay. Um, and then 
And then, so did you take February bar? When was yeah. your bar? Okay. I took so what February is that? Bar. What is that like then? Because you're start, you graduate. You're, are you still working at the time? Yeah. Or, okay. You have a job lined up after you graduate or not? No, because I already had a job. So I wasn't yeah. like, oh, I'm poor. Yeah. I need to get money, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I still worked at SLU. Here's the thing. You have to be really good at planning. Yeah. And that's one thing that I stress. You have to look at your schedule and you have to see things ahead of time. So I knew this is the cutoff to where I can use my vacation. After that... SLU lets you max out on, I think, 600 hours. Okay. So I saved up all my vacation days so that I could max out yeah. to study for the bar. Yeah. So maxing out only took me to the bar. Studying for the bar is eight weeks. And personally, I think it's better because who wants to study for the bar in There's July? No reason to. Yeah. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah, it's we summer. We can speak to that, yeah. Everybody's out. I'm like, that yeah. sounds terrible. Who's out in January and February? Yeah. So after... Christmas, I enjoyed Christmas. You, I took the same. I did Barbary. You get um, New Year off. Um, so that day and New Year's Eve is just like a half of a lesson or whatever. So I still was able to celebrate that. But after that, no one's celebrating anything else in January, February. Yeah. So I did the first two weeks at work because um, as an academic advisor, your first two weeks back to school um, that's when the students came back and people are changing classes and fixing their schedules and holy crap, what did I do? I failed this, so I need to add this back. And they're flipping out. And you're probably so, working your ass off at that time at the same time trying to study for the bar. Oh, man, that yeah, was terrible. That was, was the worst two weeks of my I life. I can't even imagine. I watched contracts for three hours. Yep. And I have no idea what they said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still don't know what they say in contracts. <laughs> I, I went back and I was, I, we were taking these contract classes and I'm sitting there like, uh, they're words, they're lawyer words. And, you know, I'm like trying to learn everything. I remember getting the exam in contracts finally at the end of my first year and sitting there and going, I don't think this even makes sense. You right. know, it's one of those situations where they tell you in law school, if you have no idea what's going on, just start writing stuff that makes sense and like yeah. build it logically. Yeah. And I'm like building it logically about my contracts exam. And I'm like, okay, I know it this way, but this is pretty pretty much gibberish. I was in there like, this is why they say lawyers complicate everything. This right. is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was upset. Yeah. So I basically did two weeks working and then I took, used my vacation and took the rest of the six weeks off so yeah. that I could still get paid um, and studied for the bar and took the bar. And when I came back, I didn't need, I didn't want to have a job lined up. I didn't need that pressure Sure. So my coworkers and my bosses did not even know that I was taking the bar. Really? They just knew you were on an extended vacation. Wow. <laughs> I told them that I talked to my advisor uh -huh. in the law school and my advisor said, because this is a slower time than the summer, study now, take the bar in July. Uh -huh. And they were like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes that sense. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> And so in that time where I was studying was yeah. the two days of the bar exam. Yeah. They didn't know until I found out that I passed. Yeah. And then I told them in April. Which was April when you found out. Yeah. Okay. And then, so once you find out you passed, <laughs> what do you do then? You're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to start working the law or, you know, what, what, what is that next step like for you? Um, I just started looking, um, but I didn't need, I didn't want to do private or a firm. I wanted to do government because I knew I would get in court experience. Sure. Um, so I found out, I actually had mm, three interviews at the public defender's office, one in St. Louis City, one in St. Louis County, 
actually four, one in Liberty and I've been there. Uh, I've been there. one in my hometown or near my hometown was Portageville, yeah. Missouri. Um, I got the job there, but I, I found out about St. Louis city, um, city council's office. And as far as government employees go, they, as I, as I know it now, starting out, they have the highest salary. So yeah. I, um, went there because I could do civil litigation. I could do municipal, I could do housing. Um, so I wanted somewhere where I could, I could be diverse. And also I didn't have to do criminal. And what did you, <laughs> right. yeah, what did you do for the city then when you got that job? when did you start? I started, so I gave SLU 30 days notice because okay. I felt like prof I was a professional. That's, you don't give two weeks. Right. Um, so I started in July. Of 15? Um, 16. Of 16 at mm -hmm. that point, okay. So when I started, um, I was in housing. Yeah. Um, so I, which I thought was awesome because I learned a lot. And to me, as a young attorney, learn as much as you can so you can tell as many people as possible. Explain what that means then. So you're doing housing stuff. What do you mean by housing? What is that department like? What, are you, what kind of lawsuits are you defending? I'm defending stuff? the city. Okay. So it's called um, problem properties. That's yeah. the unit. Yeah. So basically um, housing, there are these uh, investigators that go around and they dilapidated buildings if you own a home and the um siding is coming off or the stairs are broken you get a violation for that yeah and uh they would give the violation to the homeowner the homeowner would come and you know have a complaint or you know how are you going to try to tell me about my house but it was like the city's job of you know making sure people kept up their houses and also weren't being slumlords sure. so um in that way we were kind of like prosecutors we right. would give them time to get their houses mm -hmm. you know yeah. fixed and and repaired um, but if they didn't we find them so um, i did three months of that actually because someone left in the municipal division and I used to shadow doing that job. I would just take my, if I had extra time, I would go shadow other people in their jobs. And I shadowed the municipal court. So when the municipal court position came open, the um, the manager, Craig Higgins, who has actually just made um, a judgeship position, yeah. he uh, came up and was like, hey, you've been down here. You know how it goes. You want to come down here and, and do this full time? So I switched to municipal prosecution okay. which kind of helps yeah, there like traffic tickets and yeah, stuff like that yeah. so you were able to take that, yeah. that full transition from i mean you you got all the experience it's funny that you say well i wanted to do government i wanted to get that courtroom experience i didn't want to do a private but you went and you got your you got like housing yep. and stuff you went and got your municipal prosecuting yep. type stuff so you got all that all that court experience and then eventually it led you to so where you are today like it, it kind of set which you see a lot in our profession is setting you up through government type work, getting that courtroom experience for a good private, you know, law position. Exactly. And now you're in the spot where, you know, we know, which you're humble and you don't tell everybody about it, but you're killing it at billing, you know, <laughs> you get in the young, you know, you're president of the young lawyers division, which is one of the, you know, your major talking points is, is, you know, I guess is a president or chair. Chair. Technically chair, but I think it's a voted position. So I, yeah. It, it's a demo, you know, it's democratic presidency. Yeah. Um, and I guess the thing that's the coolest about you is that you're the ultimate non-traditional student. Thanks. So the question is, 
from you, who I consider to be one of maybe the ultimate non-traditional student, what advice do you have for other people that are similarly, similarly situated that want, that see you as a role model and want to do the things that you've done? Um, don't count yourself out because I will say for sure my testing ability is terrible. Um, my ACT was low, but I made up for that because in high school I took 17 hours of credit college credit so I was already a college student so you're not going to look at this ACT score and say oh she can't hack it when I just scored A's on all of these other college credits you know college courses so you have to find ways to make up for your um your inabilities and for what you would consider to be something that you're not great at and um so for me My LSAT was low, my ACT was low, but I still um, made sure my GPA was high and I represented myself and went to a school. Um, And it it wasn't about prestige. I just need to get my foot in the door. Mm -hmm. Just get your foot in the door. And if you have any questions, I'm always willing to, you know, give my card out to somebody who really wants to do it and who thinks they can do it. Or, um, but you have to, you have to be willing to help yourself and, and have that drive because it's not easy. To get that foot in the door to where you are now, Baker's Jerky, what is that transition from the city? What drove you to want to go from city to that? I mean, obviously private is a little more lucrative probably than working for the city. Absolutely. It absolutely is more <laughs> lucrative than working in the city. But what is that process like to jump from public to private what drove you, and then what is the, how did you land with them? I think that's an interesting... Um, I think, so it, throughout this, there's a pattern here. I feel like I'm a personable person, so yeah. a lot of people would come and, and I can take advice, be able to take advice and criticism. And, You're coachable, and, as yeah. someone's told and me And so before, people yeah. would always come to me and talk to me about, Like the guy who pulled me aside and said, why are you leaving? Go to the part-time program, get this for free. If you are not that kind of person, not approachable and not a nice person, nobody's going to tell you any of that. They're not going to just pull you aside and say, let me help this person out because they seem like a great asshole. Nobody's doing that. (laughs) So um, that person told me I shadowed and I worked hard and people saw me. So Craig Higgins came and found me and said, would you like to come down here? So once I was there, I was in organizations where I knew other people in civil litigation in the city. And um, so one person in civil litigation asked their boss and pulled me in on a federal case while I was still in municipal. Well, that position came open. And so they were like, oh, obviously, Shatracia, let's ask her if she wants to switch over. So it's not me just going out and being this overzealous, like, please consider me. It's just me knowing people and Mm -hmm. then people having me in their mind when um, a spot comes open. So when I was in civil litigation, I'm doing these, you know, uh, personal injury cases, mm-hmm. um, defending the city. And, uh, again, in an organization, this girl, I did not know her. Um, she went to Mizzou, but she interviewed at this firm at Baker Starkey, Cowden and Rice. And, uh, 
she took another position and they said, well, do you know anyone else? And she was like, yeah, Shatracia. Yeah. And so she called me and said, just interview. And I was like, no, firms are the devil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. They're not working me Lawyers, into the ground. Yeah. You know, I can't I'm not working for the man. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> so um, I didn't want to do the work that I, I, I had this preconceived notion, honestly. And again, I had to do my research. So I went out and I asked my firm friends. I asked a friend that was in like one of the, like a really top firm. And uh, she was like on track to be a partner and was just like killing it. And I asked her how, you know, how do I do this and, and can it be done? And, you know, just kind of gave me an, an insight to firms. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm seeing my friends at these events that I'm at and in these organizations. And clearly they're able to balance their life. If anybody's able to balance and organize their life, I can do it. So I did. I went ahead and applied for it and they yeah. gave me the position. Um, and because of my work at the city, when I went to a firm, the firm, they recognized I had already had a jury trial that I first chaired. And so um, they gave me autonomy on some cases. So it wasn't the same firm experience. It's they recognized my abilities and I worked hard. So um, I get a, I feel like I get a lot of respect and, you know, in this firm. Well, I, I think that's I think that's a good point. One thing you mentioned, and, and I know we're kind of running a little low on time, but I know Angela and I talk about it all the time is your network. You know, I know Angela is pr bigger, the biggest on networking out of all the people I know. She's in. Well, I mean, I, like I think so. I want you to network. <laughs> I want to be in your, your network sometimes. But uh, you're in my circle. Right. I'm, I'm in the circle. Right. So we, we talked about, you know, like, hey, when we're going, when the blues crew girls go out, where's the invite? But uh, I still haven't received that. It's in the mail. It's in the right. And I'm, I'm still waiting for it. Vince and I are still waiting for it. Um, but I think he made a good point in that, you know, it's about being professional. It's, yeah. about, being, it's about who you know, you know, but not only who you know, because uh, the way you said it was like doing the best you can. Like they yeah. saw that you were you had that autonomy. Yeah. They saw that you, you know, had that, that drive to get that jury trial to, you know, to really put yourself out there, to get the government experience in housing, to get that government experience in prosecution. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, you got it. You know what I mean? You had to put yeah. yourself forward that way. Right. Uh, and so I think that's something, again, that people look at with you and they're like, yeah, this is, and that's how it transitions with you. You know, when yeah. we're on the board, uh, we see you, running the show, which, which I like you. to see. Thank you. Um, and so I know we're, we're running a little low. Do you have any other uh, thoughts or comments on people that want to go to law school that uh, they think this, you know, maybe it wasn't right for me or maybe I'm discouraged from going? I know you kind of talked about it earlier, but what's your last advice? I just, I feel like people count themselves out and then other people get in their head and they count themselves and they, they help count them out, you know, but um, if you need a motivation or a booster or to be talked into it to think you can do it um, and you need somebody to help you organize your life, I am always, I am a nerd, so I kind of like to budget. I like to organize your classes. Please come find me. I will help you. No problem. Fantastic. All right. Thanks, Shatracia. I think we're going to run out here. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Outside the Law podcast. I'm Ryan Krupp, your host, joined I'm by Vince Terramino. And I'm Angela Priscilli. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.